You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Good afternoon, evening, and good night, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our coverage of the 34th season of Survivor entitled Survivor Game Changers. We are now into the penultimate week of this season. Pretty much, we have less than a week to go until we now have a brand new winner of Survivor, and in order to celebrate that fact with a big episode, a big, big episode, we've got to give you a big episode of the Oz Network, so big that we don't only have one person joining us to help us recap this, we have two people joining us recapping this, and look, I don't know who the bigger person is in terms of just the star power, I'll introduce the first one because he pretty much is Canada's number one podcaster, he's Winnipeg's number one resident, he is the man who is just Colin Hilding. That's all I need to say. <laughs> Colin, <laughs> I don't usually introduce you on this show. It's kind of we just introduce <laughs> ourselves. But when I get the opportunity to introduce you, I'm going to talk the shit out of you. Hey, look, more famous than Justin Bieber, um, <laughs> visible on every men's room door. That's me. <laughs> we have we have officially discovered you are the model for the men's bathroom door symbol in Canada. Congratulations <laughs> yeah. on that live feat that we only found out about today. Lots of royalties rolling in for that one. <laughs> speaking of royalties, speaking of royalties, we, we have a millionaire on the line here. We've got, to, we've got to get to this person as well. This is two weeks in a row we've had a millionaire on the line, and uh, here I am just sitting in a tiny little room in, in Hobart, Tasmania. I kind of feel like I should have dressed up for this. She's a, a three-time player of Survivor, a one-time winner, a Survivor Hall of Fame member... And let's just be honest, a true legend of the game. I do, of course, speak of the one, the only, Miss Tina Wesson. Tina, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. It is such a pleasure to have you. It's been a, it's been a while, I feel, since we've had you. I can't even remember when we last had you on the show. It's been too long. Let's just say that. It has been. But, you know, anytime I hear your voice, it always just takes me back <laughs> 20 years go or however long it's been you know just to all the delightful people there in australia and it just it's warming i really you know get this warm feeling whenever i just hear your voice just from all the memories that i have of being in your beautiful country oh well thank you have you have you been to canada before does colin's voice give you any warm memories of canada at all <laughs> uh, no i used to be a flight attendant and i remember flying into canada and freezing my tail off once <laughs> I just find it funny, Ben, that you said warm memories of Canada. Like, that's even possible. <laughs> that's an oxymoron, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> I was warm in one of the places when I was in my room and there was a heater. So, does, does that count? I was warm in a swimming pool. That, well, hey, there you go. I didn't even know that was a thing in Canada that you could... There were swimming pools. So, <laughs> that's like saying there's All snow the in Australia. <laughs> But it's it's I'm a pleasure, sorry, it's a pleasure, Tina, to have you here, and Colin as well, because uh, uh, we don't generally do Survivor episodes together, Colin, but uh, it's it was a big episode. Uh, I mean, all jokes aside, a lot went down in this episode. We, we are still trying to, I think, uh, catch our thoughts in terms of what happened. But I just, I think, first of all, Tina, we generally get a vibe from our guests as to the season in general, and I would like to hear your thoughts. Have you, have you been enjoying Survivor Game Changers? Oh, I love it. I absolutely love this season. You know, it it strikes terror in my heart a little bit <laughs> watching it because it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad that I wasn't part of that season because they would eat my lunch. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, as Mark Burnett would say, it's just epic. 
and you know just so many great great players and again everybody really stepping up to the plate to play such an amazing game so it to me has been extremely entertaining it's it's definitely been uh, a very interesting season in terms of just what's going on and i mean a lot of people kind of i think went into this season questioning some of the people who are on this show in terms of the word game changers but no matter what you think of the cast pre-game i definitely feel coming out of this season uh a lot of these people have possibly put their name down as game changers because there's been a lot of interesting moves and uh still interesting moves to come i feel uh throughout this yeah well there's what six people left yes is that right yes and at six you know every one of them are playing just phenomenal games so the cream of the crop has definitely risen to the top it's is this a season and I, I mean that actually surprised me i did not get anybody at least that i can remember asking me this question through, through our listener question segment which we'll obviously get to the end of this episode is this a season that you get sort of scouted for did you get any sort of touch base from cbs or anybody contacting you for a potential return for this season absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> yeah if they did contact me it would be for like chum <laughs> here let's throw her in <laughs> well well it's it's i i i wouldn't say that i i, I definitely feel you you i mean colin we always do this we've got to try and think of the game changing uh reasons for why these people are in a season i mean i think the most obvious one you're a game changer in the fact that you were the first female to win survivor i mean that that's game changing enough surely to put you on this show uh i don't know you know i still i still would have such a hard time because I, i'm still that old school kind of girl and you know nobody playing this season is old school by any means and i guess more than anything else this season is teaching me how to be a better player and maybe how to have tougher skin and even going back to um i think it was blue collar white collar no collar how they were able to because that season was kind of similar to this season as well it seemed like Every tribal council, you had a voting block for that council, and then it would change. And yet they would come back to camp, and it's like, you know, tip your hat. Oh, that was a great move. Good job. You got me, you know. And there were, it wasn't like, you know, I'm so angry. I'll never vote for you. And, you know, it wasn't, there's no feelings like that. It's, wow, good game, good move. And I think that is teaching me a lesson. You know, Tina, you can play this game and play it hard like that and try to loosen up on my loyalties a little bit. So maybe if I ever go back, I will be able to do that. You know, one of the things we saw was with Andrea kind of picking up on Sarah's reactions uh, with the Sierra vote and, you know, her acting surprise and everything. And Andrea's read on that was more, oh, she's playing up. She said she's pandering to the jury. You know, when what Sierra, what Sarah was actually doing was really just ensuring that she got this advantage. Uh, you said that people aren't going to take it that seriously, but you think that there are people, since maybe Sarah's not coming right out and saying why she's doing this, that are just going to perceive her as being maybe a suck up to the jury? Oh, definitely. That is one of the things when you're playing you are evaluating the people that you're playing with and really analyzing every move every expression every whisper you know because sometimes you don't see it but whenever the jury people are walking in sometimes there's 
you know, little mouthing movements going on between the existing players and the people on the jury. So you're watching every little thing that happens. It's it's interesting, I think, with Sarah. Um, and, I mean, I think she's going to be a big topic of this um, phone call, uh, interview, I guess. Uh, well, it's not a phone call. It's a Skype call, Ben. Um it's, it's a podcast too, is it? I thought we were just chatting. I thought we were just friends. We, we are airing this. Are we, are we, we airing this? Oh crap! That's why. That's why people <laughs> message me questions. I just thought we were just having friendly conversation. Um, and I, I really feel it's. I, I guess what what what's your take on Sarah? I I, I want to word this in a in a way where I want to get your take on her first of all because she's definitely playing an interesting game. She's definitely come into this with a different reputation and she's changed her reputation clearly from the first time she played. But uh, I'd, I'd really be interested to hear your thoughts on, on how Sarah's playing. Amazing. Actually, you know, she it's, I don't know if you've seen it with other policemen that have been on the show, but a lot of them really do have this thick sense that they pick up on little nuances that us as your average citizens don't, really we're not as sensitive to it and i think she has been pretty darn clever and uh, playing playing a very hard game i don't know if it's going to be you know it's that fine line of is it going to be respected or is it going to be resented that's what you never know with the jury you never know if they're um, really going to say good on you or they're going to say shame on you you know, and, and I forgot who it was who said it perfectly. They said, you know, if you know you're going to vote someone out, it really would not behoove you to go up there and all day long suck up and be sweet, you know, be their best friend, knowing that you're going to vote them out that night. You may want to distance yourself a little bit that day because in the end it's going to hurt their feelings that you were so chummy with them and then vote them out that night. So you've got to play your social game has to be um, a little, the bar has to be raised at that as well, not just the scheming and the manipulation, but also kind of the kindness, I guess, so to speak, in how you eliminate somebody. Uh, I'm a huge fan of what Sarah's doing so far, but uh, I think like you, I'm kind of questioning what's it going to take for her to win the jury votes. You know, going back to what you said earlier about how the jury is going to perceive you one way and they may be perceiving what Sarah's doing, you know, not as positively because they don't understand the reasons behind, you know, the legacy advantage and everything else like that. And also what you said in this episode, like, uh, I can't remember who said it either about, uh, you know, that uh, if you get too close to somebody, you vote them out, they're going to take it more personally. But do you think that it is in Sarah's best interest now going forward, even if it is at the final tribal council, to reveal, you know, I did this with Sierra, I acted this way because it was for an advantage and I did that for my game? Do you think the people there would appreciate that? Boy, probably I would. I don't think I would say that. <laughs> I might say something along the lines of um, I planned this. You know, it was a move on my part. Uh, or I might even just say, you know, it was a last-minute decision for me to vote Sierra. I don't know. It depends on how many more moves she got left coming up. You know, what's going to happen. Um, I, so I don't know if I would reveal 
all the dirty secrets. <laughs> it depends you know, on how bad she needs to prove her legitimacy as a big move maker. Do, do you think that at this time right now, Sarah's the, the, the winner's pick? She's going into the final week. This is this is hers to, to lose. Is she the person that you would, I guess, pick that would be winning this game right now? You know, I don't know. You, you know who else is playing a great game is Sierra, is um, Siri. You know, she's under the radar. She's not ticking people off. Um, it's Again, it's really going to depend on what the jury, how they're going to vote. You know, because Siri's being a little puppet as well. She's just not uh, doing as big of moves, maybe. And she's doing it more quietly than some of the other ones. So it just depends on what the jury's going to respect more. It's, it's interesting with Sari. Just, um, I, I, I've said it so many times in the last few weeks about how no one's targeted her. And I, I, I still stand by the fact that, as I keep saying, I've said this so many times on this show throughout this season, that if I'm out there on day one and I'm on a tribe with, you know, Sari, Tony and Sandra, I'm targeting Sari first before I'm targeting Tony and Sandra. And it's, it's, it's amazing that, you know, I'm sure after what just happened at Tribal Council with the, the advantage in Sarah that people are probably now going to come after her. But, I mean, an interesting fact that somebody pointed out to me, and I think this is in one of our listener questions, um, she now has become the first contestant in Survivor history to make it to three finales, like three final episodes, um, which what? I think that that's a that's a big deal. Like, people talk up, you know, Sandra's two wins and, you know, even even yourself, Tina, obviously, you know, winning and then getting to a final episode yourself. But, I mean, this is three times that Sari has managed this. That is huge. So, I, I am... I am so, I think so many Survivor fans are just hoping this is it. Fourth time lucky for her because unlike Boston Rob, and no offense to the Boston Rob fans, I think this win would go down a lot more popular, her winning on a fourth time, than Boston Rob's obviously did when he won it on a fourth time. Isn't she a former winner? No, no. She has, uh, she's never won. She's never even made a final tribal council she micronesia she got she made third yeah micronesia she was third when they basically changed it from a final three to a final two and often people will say had that been a final three that season she easily would have won so i i don't know why i was thinking that siri was a winner nope never i'll be okay all right well then yay go siri (laughs) 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 well and you know Uh, what about her is one reason why people aren't targeting her I think is because when you're out there and you're playing um, I don't want to say in your face survivor but you're you're making big moves and people know you're behind it then people get really nervous and feel threatened so they're gunning for you whereas I don't think anybody knows that Siri is playing. You know, she's that under the radar that she's so smart and she's making these moves, but nobody knows it's her that's behind it. You know what they we found out? In, oh, so what we found out in this episode was the decision for Siri and um, Sarah to target Andrea had more to do with the fact that Andrea was kind of on to Sarah and was trying to get rid of her. But do you feel like? that was the right move at this point in the game because I, I, this is just maybe me personally but I kind of look at all of the seasons Andrea's in and she always makes it really far 
but she never really seems to have you know a game in place for a finale for a final tribal council and every time she hasn't voted out including this week it almost seems like she's oblivious like she never saw it coming do you think andrea was as much of a threat as they were thinking she was um, you know, I do kind of, and, and the reason why I say that is because it seems like Andrea is a little detached, um, on the social aspect of the game that mm. nobody really, um, feels like really close to Andrea. So people who are out there to play the game, kind of like Sandra, you know, it's almost like I don't have anybody that, you know, I've got your back, you know, it's us to the end. You know, Andrea is really kind of like Sarah. You know, it's just me and you, you know, or just me. And so I think people feel threatened by people who are the Lone Ranger, you know, will do anything to, um, for this tribal council. You know, I'll vote however you want me to instead of being, you know, I'm loyal to this person and this person. So if, if someone's going to be the Lone Ranger, you know that they would vote your tail off as well at any given moment. So it's a little threatening. It's interesting with Andrea because I felt like the last few weeks I've sort of mentioned about how I, I just feel she's got that game uh, to win it. Uh, I mean, I guess that's just my opinion of it. And she's just third time around and here she is again just sort of getting to that point. And is this, I think, Colin, is this the furthest she's ever gone or is this equaling one of her... I think she made it further in Redemption Island, but that was due to the Redemption Island twist. Right, okay. Um, I mean, this is the thing, too, I think we were talking a little bit out off air, is that um, we all kind of forgot that Andrea went home this episode because it was sort of that second second tribal council. Uh, And I I had no idea that this was a double tribal council episode. I, I, I didn't see any of the ads or any sort of the promos for it, but I kind of assumed it might be just because we needed to catch up heading into this final episode. Um, have you have you ever met Andrea Tina? I guess over over the years or any interactions with her? I have not. Uh, Katie just did an interview with her though mm-hmm. um, on her show, and she said she was very nice and really enjoyed it. So and and how would you perceive like as a three time player like Andrea, who I guess I mean. I mean, you're a three-time player. You've obviously won it. Uh, you know, you got to, what, fourth, and then we don't talk about All-Stars for you. Um, but, I mean, you know, sort of how overall with Andrea in terms of the three games, and I just guess her as a survivor player, is she somebody who, if she came back for a fourth time, has the game to win it? Do you feel Andrea is a potential winner and that she just, just can't put it all together when it counts? You know, gosh, that's such a hard question. A because I don't remember her game in any of the other seasons besides this one. (laughs) But watching this season, I think she definitely is a good player. I think her problem is, um, you know, some people go out there and they rub somebody the wrong way and they make an enemy or, you know, they're, they're, they're just targeted because Somebody does not like them. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's really hard to play the game and uh, uh, be likable enough that you don't even have one person who just says, you know, I just don't even like her. It's one thing to say, I'm going to vote her out because she's strategic or she's dangerous or whatever. But because you don't like somebody, that's an altogether different warning flag to me. So there must be something about her um, that 
it's hard to live with at camp or, or something because, and I don't even remember who it was who really had an issue with her. Do you remember who that was? Colin probably does because he seems to remember Sarah. Sarah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched the episode and then I just go like play with my toys. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, good. I just remember someone had a, a serious issue with her. And so I don't know that, that it should bring us a little warning. We all kind of were joking. We like you said, Ben, we didn't remember Andrea went home in this episode, but uh all joking aside, I think part of the reason for that is not a knock against Andrea or even the game that was going on, but it's just this being a double episode. I'm just kind of curious on what your feelings are on these double episodes. You know, I mean, obviously they want to start the game with as many people as possible for an all-star season, you know, so they have to cram more vote outs in there. But do you have issues with double episodes, you know, or would you rather this baby be one of the two hour ones? Or what do you feel like Andrea's story maybe isn't complete because we all did forget that this even happened? <laughs> um, yeah, I would vote for a two hour episode because I don't know. I don't, it's never enough for me, you know, just like when Zeke got voted off. I'm like, well, I don't, where did that even come from? They, there wasn't even anything that led up to, well, why why did he even get voted off? You know, so to me, I would love a two-hour episode as opposed to a double elimination. Yeah, it's interesting kind of with this season because I don't know if it was ever... Was it ever explained why we got a later start in March? Because generally we're middle February, aren't we? This was a month later than it usually premieres. Yeah. Was that ever explained, Colin? No. Mm. And they did the same thing with The Amazing Race this year too, which is weird. So I should have paid a little more attention during February to see what CBS was doing because... They seem to have pushed everything late. Yeah, and I just I found that very weird because it's I mean it's I jokingly say it's confusing when it comes to naming these episodes what episode number it is because we've technically had two double episodes of course, um, but then you've had this one and the thing that I I found kind of interesting because you know I've spent uh, the week uh, we're, we're covering obviously Survivor New Zealand. There's two episodes of Survivor New Zealand a week. One is, like, ridiculously long and drawn out, and the other is just kind of your stock standard Survivor one. So I've gone from watching that, having these sort of very negative opinions about how they've edited this really long episode of Survivor New Zealand, into this episode, which is literally, hey, everyone, challenge, Tribal Council, challenge, Tribal Council. And it's kind of like, whoa, okay. So I've had two extremes this week, and, yeah, I definitely feel that it would have paid for a double one because i think tina like i love and i love particularly in australian outback that that final episode and i know i know i think it was noah talked a lot previously on this show about how he really didn't like the the finale of the australian outback because it was too long but you've got to look at that there were only three of you in basically a two-hour episode we go into next week there's six of them in a two-hour episode and it's it's wow. you, you barely can compare the two, can you? Like, if you're watching the finale of your original season and the finale of next week, and you're a Survivor newbie, you, you'd almost think they're different shows, I feel. Yeah, good point. And I'm not really sure why they do that. Of course, I don't know anything about TV broadcasting and schedules and all that stuff. But, yeah, I think that it's um, a little too much because then you not only have six people in the finale, but then you've got the reunion show after that. So, yeah, I think it's, I agree with you, it's a little bit too condensed. There's uh, 
obviously, like, as there is in every season, there's scattered edits for people. And uh, I do find it funny just kind of going along with what you guys are saying, uh, but we're going to a finale with six people. Some people are complaining, well, Troyzan hasn't had any type of edit that explains him as a winner. Well, I mean, at the point, if he goes next, that's like Nick's edit, you know? <laughs> that's sixth place, and yet he's yeah. in a finale. You know, some people are going to be missing. But I think one person that's had... A much more positive edit, which we definitely have to get your opinion on, is Brad Culpepper. And uh, particularly this week with his immunity win, uh, I found it interesting that it doesn't seem like he has changed that much as a person, but maybe it's just the way the show's presenting him. Because his moment where he wins is very similar to where Troyzan won in One World, and he kind of flipped out, this is my island. And this time Brad was like, you know, say, pretty much saying the exact same thing, like, you know, nobody needed that like I did. But yet, I don't know, maybe the people there did rob the wrong way. They didn't seem to show that. Like, Do you find that there's anything different with the Brad we're seeing here from the Brad that played the first time? Oh, absolutely. It's like, uh, I, I, I give Monica kudos for she must have done some serious coaching <laughs> because that's not the same Brad that I played with. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, he is... He is like mums the word with him, so uh, I don't know. But you know, I don't think Brad has a chance to win. To be honest, um, uh, oh boy, I think that um, he's he's got too much. Oh boy, a baggage. <laughs> I don't even know how to say. You're trying, you're trying to be nice. You're trying Are to you keep your Taylor Swift and Brandon. You're tiptoeing cut. because, yeah, you know <laughs> that Ben's gonna lose it if you say anything bad about Brad because he loves him. No, man. no, I'm not. I, look, seriously, look, I, I do love Brad, Tina, but like, uh, I'm used to you uh, ripping shit into my favorite Brian Hardick, so I'm kind of used to you going off at people <laughs> I like. So it's fine. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Um, well, okay, just I'll say on our season, you know, there's just a lot of talk about what all they have, what all they're involved in, how much money they spend, how much money they spend in advertising. You know, there was a lot of self-promotion on our season, which really rubbed everybody the wrong way. And so I don't know if he has said anything to his castmates. You will never get a vote, or I won't say you won't get any votes, but because I know he and Troy's in are really, really tight. Um, but, you know, I don't think people will reward him with the win strictly because he has money. Okay. That's, it's interesting because I, I, I find like way back in, I mean, Australian Outback in kind of those earlier days, that, that really seemed to be a, a, a more of a thing I feel that you get nowadays. Like I kind of, I kind of personally feel that somebody like, with money or something like that potentially could win based on their game they play, if that makes sense. And look, I, I love Brad, but I don't necessarily feel Brad's played a game that at least we've seen that can win this game. I, I hope I'm wrong. I do like Brad, but, uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting point. You, you point with that because, you know, I mean, to me, I think Brad has easily been one of these real shocks of this season, just of how he has at least been shown on screen because he was, so many people were not happy to see him back. So many of the fans were like, oh, God, why is Brad coming back? You know, he really wasn't that well liked mm -hmm. by the fan community. But I've seen a lot of fans come out of this season and say, wow, okay, Brad's actually, you know, surprised me in terms of that. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting point you make, though, because I, I would really like to see if somebody, quote, with money, 
can can do it. But yeah, now that you point that out, uh, that that could be. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, and I will say that Brad gets my vote for uh, most changed. You know, it's kind of like Jerry from her first season to her last season. Uh. I mean, she really. She, but you know that was several years though. That still good she to talk about it, Tina. It's still good. Let's always just talk about Jerry and how amazing she was in Heroes, and just how amazing she's in general. So, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and are you in love? Oh uh, look, you know, if you said to me, you know, five ten years ago, are you in love with a female from Survivor the Australian Outback? I mean, you know, Elizabeth still had my heart, but. Um, Jerry might have taken it away now, and that's no offence to Elizabeth, but, you know, she's changed a lot over the years, Elizabeth, let's just say that, whereas Jerry, you know, she's she's still just Jerry from the block. <laughs> Jerry from the <laughs> block. Well, so anyway, her and Brad, to me, you know, just amazing transformations. But Brad, you know, his was pretty quick from, you know, a couple of years ago to now, so, you know, that's impressive. I'm, I'm very, very impressed with his ability because sometimes when you have a big personality like Brad, it's very, very, very hard to rein all of that in. So, you know, maybe it's a lot harder than somebody like Aubrey, who maybe is going the opposite direction. You know, she's gone from maybe this little wallflower to this really shining personality. So, um, interesting. Again, that's another reason why I love the show. It you know, what it does to people and um, one of the reasons why I watch. It's it's interesting with Aubrey because I think we've joked all season about the fact that, oh, Aubrey's on this season. Like, it's, it's so interesting to think that she has, um, she's this far into the game. She's made it to another finale too. I mean, two seasons in a row that she's played, she's made it to the finale. All credits to Aubrey. Um, but, I mean, her edits, let's be honest, it's been appalling. We just have not seen her. I, I'm not saying that's Aubrey's fault. That's just, we just haven't seen her. I mean, this episode when she's mentioning Cochrane, uh, well, I mean, I think Propes mentioned Cochrane first, but uh, I tweeted out that I think we've had more Cochrane mentions and appearances than Aubrey confessionals this season. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, can you get a gauge on Aubrey coming into this? Uh, and do you feel Aubrey has a chance of winning or just given based on what we've seen, because we've seen so little of her, that it's going to be difficult for her to win this season? Mm, good question. Ah, boy, that is tough because... Um it really depends on, as you say, the edit that we see versus what's really gone on out there. Um, I think Aubrey is a pretty likable person. so And I think that's why they had her back is because uh, she ended up being so likable. And the viewing audience really liked Aubrey. So I think that's maybe why she came back rather than being a, quote, game changer. She was just, you know, she was going to bring in the viewers for CBS. And so um, we haven't seen, like you say, we haven't seen a lot, but that doesn't mean that she hasn't done much of the game playing. We just haven't seen it if she has. So it would be interesting to see, like, well, and this is kind of skipping around, but it's related. So you know how it used to be at Tribal Council? that uh, we all got to say, we, we started off yeah. with why you should vote for us. Then the jury got to ask us questions, and then we had closing comments. Mm-hmm. And now they don't do that. So and so I would be 
I'm just going to quickly just chime in just really quick there and say, is this a fi- like I've always wondered these two recent seasons, and like I've always wondered if they've just gotten rid of that, or is this now they just never show it because I know I know they have edited questions out and sort of the way they like you see the person's question asked is edited differently to what they actually do or how it's answered. I know they've done that. So, I mean, I didn't know if, if that's just completely gone now or they just edit that out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't answer that. I'm not sure. And I don't even, this is bad. I can't even remember the last season that I played. I <laughs> don't remember if they were, if they gave a closing arguments for some, I'm thinking they did not. Okay. I uh, just wanted to make a quick comment before we move on that. It's funny. You're talking about Aubrey's edit being non-existent and, Somehow we also failed to even mention or remember that she won immunity in this episode. Oh, yeah. I think that kind of shows yep. where her edit is so far. Aubrey won immunity, everybody. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I tell you what I think about Aubrey, though, is her confidence. You know, it seems like now when she goes into a challenge, it's kind of like at, at the end of her last season that she played, you could see the little train gaining more and more power as it went on. Yep within herself and i just feel like she came into this game she like brad seemed like a different person to me it isn't that she has um, got her courage this season it's, it's grown this season i think she just picked up where she left off and came into this season a more confident person so you know i like that about aubrey um and and you know to be honest i'm one of those that i i really respect someone who comes out there and plays the game who may not be quite as equipped as a they thought they would be or b as equipped as the game really requires but then adapts and become um a type of person that wow this game has changed me and aubrey has been changed from survivor and i love that i absolutely love the fact that she's a different person really i to me aubrey is a female spencer she just she's she kind of she goes far she's always there but she's also always uh as soon as she looks like she's in a good position it just gets taken away from her um it's just like that's that's to me what aubrey is and i kind of feel she's going to finish very similar like obviously spencer made the you know the final tribal council on his second go and what was fourth fifth on uh on caramoan uh so Kagayan, sorry, not Caramon. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I he would it would have been a much better season if he was on Caramon. Uh, but um, I yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if anybody here, Colin or Tina, gets that likeness. But I, I kind of liken her to a female Spencer. Mm. I like that. I, I'll go with that. Good. I'm glad that my opinions can be um, you know valuable sometimes. Uh, I think the only person, <laughs> the only really two we haven't talked too much about. I mean, we've mentioned Troyzan. We can talk about him, uh, and also Ty. Now. I was screaming at this, at watching this episode, right? Because Ty, I like Ty. I'm going to start off by saying I like Ty as a character. Ty seems like a super nice guy. He's a guy you want to hang out with. He's just, he would be everybody's friend. Ty is awesome. Having said that, he's a terrible player of Survivor. I'm sorry, <laughs> but he is like, I was screaming at this screen. Like when Ceree's gone to him and said like, oh, you know, I've got this ability. I can steal a vote. I'm going to do this for you. And, you know, he's just like, oh, well, what if she's lying to me? Like, you know, I'm like, well, wh- okay, why would she to start with? And secondly, he has two <laughs> idols. His name is possibly being mentioned. If he had one idol, okay, maybe understand the, uh, you know, the slight hesitation to playing it. You are at the final seven. You have two 
two idols, you do not play at idol. I was literally thinking to my point, he's getting voted out right now, and he's officially the dumbest player in the history of Survivor. It didn't happen. <laughs> but please tell me, Tina, I'll start with you. Please tell me, I'm not the only one here just screaming at my screen going, play the idol! <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, why hold on to it? What What is the benefit? Especially whenever people, I don't remember if they were throwing out his name, but there was a reason to think at tribal council that he was in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. So if you know that, unless there's, again, unless there's something going on behind the scenes, but I can't imagine anybody ever feeling safe at tribal council, you know, and even if you do feel safe just for kicks and giggles, because I've got to, I'm playing it. I think I haven't really read a lot of the fan reactions this week. The ones that I have read, the majority seem to be like what Ben was saying, like, what are you doing, Ty? Um, I'm actually curious to hear what you think about Sarah's move this week in not taking out Ty or keeping Ty. Because, I mean, just as my opinion, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yes, Ty, you know, was going around saying, no, you know, I'm not working with Sarah or I'm okay with taking Sarah out. But I personally believe Ty is one of these guys who's very emotional. He's very driven by loyalty and everything and it almost i think at this point she's either locked ty as an ally to the end of this game now out of you know him feeling the sense of loyalty to her or he's she's locked herself a vote do you think that sarah made the right move in saying ty's the guy i want to stick with whether he's trying to gun for me or not wow good question colin um you know ty seems like a more loyal person to me than sarah so mm -hmm. I think it would be in Sarah's best interest to have Ty on your side. And I think it would not be in Ty's best interest to have Sarah by your side. However, since we're getting, the numbers are getting smaller and smaller, you have to have somebody. You, you know, there. You, at this point, you've got to have somebody you can trust. And so maybe... Uh, Sarah and Ty have some kind of bond that's deeper than we think it is. And they are, even though they say, if, if Ty says, yeah, I would vote Sarah out. Well, and Ty's actually the type that I think, you know, given his emotional state that 10 minutes, he probably would vote her out. <laughs> but because um, I'm not sure how loyal Ty can be based on his emotions, yeah. you know, but um I think he would be very loyal if you if he really believed in you, but that seems to be really hard for him to accept. Having said what we've said about, you know, the screaming at the screens and everything, I guess the, the thing that we should really take out of this now is that, okay, he's now walked away. He still has two idols in his pocket, so he's guaranteed Final Four now. I mean, you think he would be. This is Ty. He's probably going to get voted <laughs> he out. He uses them. Um, but um, <laughs> on paper, he is guaranteed Final Four. Um, and we should say, like, I know we mentioned, obviously, Sari now three finales, Aubrey back-to-back -back finales, Ty back-to-back -back finales. Uh, so congratulations, obviously, to, to Ty. Um, but, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I would be very, um, interested to play Survivor with Ty. I just, I think I should put it that way, because, <laughs> again, I like Ty. I'm not saying I don't like Ty, but I just, yeah, I don't know if there's ever been a more frustrating player of this game sometimes. 
I don't think you could ever see where he's coming from. Exactly. I mean, he's too unpredictable. I feel sorry for him. Yeah. You know, I really do. It's kind of like, um, in some ways, he reminds me of Brandon a little bit, uh, Russell Hance's yep. nephew. Yep. It's not Jekyll and Hyde like Brandon, but it just seems to be a conflict of his soul. Yeah. You know? I agree. Just that, well, uh, she said something bad about me. It'd be like me, probably. You know, oh, they don't like me. You know, it hurt my feelings. <laughs> you know, he he's so sensitive that the game itself is extremely hard for him. And, and I feel for him because it's so hard. want to mention... Um I mean, actually, just Troyzan. I mean, I, we sort of brought up Troyzan. I, I just, I'm not, I mean, I'm a Troyzan fan. Everyone knows that. But I, I sort of don't really bring him up too much just because there's not really a lot to say about Troyzan, really, at this point. Um, I don't know if you've got anything to add more on Troyzan from the little stuff we've already said about him. Um, here's what I'll add with Troyzan. You know, he was such a good player in his season. And, you know, he was holding on by his toenails for the last several episodes of his season and you were cheering for him because you, you knew that he had to win the challenges in order to advance and he kept winning and, you know, he was kind of an underdog. And so he got such a good edit because of where he was in the game. And this season, it seems like he's more, well, you know, he's Brad's friend and he's Sierra's friend and you don't see Troy's in the player. You just see him as part of an alliance. And, uh, so it may be the edit, but, um, I, and I don't know. And sometimes it's even, um, you can go a whole season and not have a good edit. And then something can happen towards the end and make you go, yay, Troy's in, yep. you know, and that's what you'll remember. You won't even remember the two months that you've been watching and didn't really get much, you know? Yep. Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Colin. Thank you. <laughs> Colin's got a bit of a cough you know, there. That's the name I to mention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely a good point. I want to get into this, the, the final tribal council and sort of the lead up to this because, you know, it's been a couple of days and I, I still don't think I understand it fully. Um, <laughs> I mean, basically, to kind of lead into this, obviously, Sarah to trustery gives up her advantage to Sari as, you know, a trust move. You know, that's the whole tie situation. Then Sari's, you know, talking about, you know, shall she make this move and all this sort of stuff. You know, Sari. Sari's always, you know, trying to push those boundaries and try to come up with the next move to get her to the end. It's what she does. Then we get this final tribal council. It kind of seems like it's just going to start off like a, you know, fairly regular tribal council. There you go. Then Sari's up. She's like, I'm going to play this advantage. Then all of a sudden, Sarah knows that you can't transfer it. I'm thinking, if Sarah doesn't say that, does Jeff call up Sari and say, hey, you can't train? I don't know. Well, maybe we'll discuss that. And then everyone's talking. Troy's Ann's yelling at people. There's this, that, and everything else. And somehow Michaela goes home. She goes home really calmly. <laughs> Can I just point out, you know, wow, Michaela, this is not what I'd expected you to go out like. I was kind of sad we didn't get, you know, Michaela 2.0 going off Cheers. at people. Um, and then, then she... Kicking her. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And she's gone. So, I mean, Tina, do you know what went on? I don't know what went on. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know either. I I really have no idea. You know, people were whispering, and that's funny too, because it used to be there was none 
of that. We it's like we weren't allowed to even look at each other, much less start whispering. And now all of a sudden it seems to be okay to do all that and I think it makes for great television. Oh for sure. But it's kinda of, kinda of reminds me a little bit back in the day because now whenever we go to tribal council, we are supposed to say who we're going to vote for that night. We have to tell the producers that. And they really do not like surprises. <laughs> but it seems in the last year that even if you told the producer who you were going to vote for, it seems like things are really changing and getting more real um, at tribal council. That there are elements of surprise. And I love that as a player, I would much more enjoy going into a tribal council, not knowing really what's going to happen. I, I think it makes it more exciting instead of feeling like, well, you know, production has to know what you're going to do. And, um, you know, we're on lockdown now before we go into uh, tribal council, whereas before we could be scheming and, and deciding what we're going to do up until we write the name down. And we can't do that anymore. So I really like the fact that it, it just seems more real to me. So even though I don't know what happened at the last tribal council, <laughs> it was exciting. And it, it felt very real. And so there's one opinion that I think Ben and I both share. And we've talked about this, you know, in, in terms of JT and other players that maybe one dumb move uh, kind of they get labeled for life as in, oh, well, then their other games don't mean anything. And um I kind of already know that the way the fans hold Sari in this regard, that she's not going to have that reputation, you know, because of one bad move. But at the same time, how bad do you think it's going to affect Sari that she's obviously like everybody else building this case for why she should be the winner. And it ultimately comes down to something as foolish as not reading the entire clue and outing herself. And in the end, actually, I think costing, I mean, her and Sarah are obviously very tight, but They've spent this entire season showing us that her and Michaela were going to be loyal to the end. And the only thing I can really take away from this tribal council is that Sarah basically put her in this position. It's like, well, it's you or Michaela, and she sacrificed Michaela to save herself. Do you think this is really going to hurt Sari now that she didn't just read the fine print on a clue and it's cost her an ally now and it's you know made her look foolish in front of a jury? Uh, possibly. Uh, you know what I was thinking, though? I was wondering if her and Sarah really schemed this all up. That okay. Sari actually did read the fine print, and Sarah and her said, we could do this at Tribal Council. And it was all premeditated and finally acted. Because I, I just find it hard to believe. find it very hard to believe that Sari did not know that it was not non-transferable i'd like to see that the clue and actually see the fine print because i don't think that it is fine print but like you said even the producers aren't going to know at this stage in survivor season 34 <laughs> <laughs> even they have no clue yeah it's an interesting rule though um because obviously you can hand off idols and and all this sort of stuff and you know i think it's always been the rule that you just can't openly steal an idol out of someone's bag. Otherwise, you know, everybody would be doing that all the time. But, I mean, do you agree with that rule, T? I mean, it seems like an interesting thing to have a twist like this, but you can't 
transfer it, if you know what I mean. Like, it's almost like they've deliberately put a fine print in to have a moment like this. I know, I agree. Um, which is brilliant, you know. How how in the world do they keep coming up with these fantastic twists and turns and ideas? It's kudos to CBS for doing that. I think that's what partly what keeps viewers watching. Um, so, uh, gosh... Good point. I don't know if they could foresee something like this happening or if the players, again, if they just used it uh, to their advantage and CBS just, you know, luckily got to um, have an episode like this because the players were smart enough to come up with this plan. I think there might be one more thing that CBS and Burnett and Probes haven't prepared for, and that's the situation they're going to be in next week <laughs> when we have Sarah with this legacy advantage, Ty with two idols, Troy Zan with an idol, like the scenarios, I'm seeing all these memes all over the internet right now, but all the scenarios that could happen and how complex this is. I mean, I honestly believe if this can all come down, the thing I'm going to be happiest about is if this all comes down next week to everything being played and they even put it in the fine print, you know, Sarah has to use this advantage at six. I mean, that, that's going to be an episode where, you know, the producers are going to be sitting and scratching their head saying, how are we going to scramble? How are we going to cover for this? And can I, can I just chime in there really quickly before Tenny answers this? There's one here that I just want to share. Uh, Linda, who's one of our former Oslets and Survivor Oz, she shared this one. And this blew my mind that this is even a possibility, all right? Bear with me with this. This might be one of the ones, Collins, you're talking about with the memes. So, Sarah uses a legacy, legacy advantage and is immune, okay? Troy Zan uses his hidden immunity idol. Ty uses his hidden immunity idol. He then gives the other one to Brad. Aubrey wins immunity. Everyone gives each other votes. Example, Sarah for Aubrey or Sari. Uh, no, sorry. Sarah, Aubrey, Sari vote Ty. Brad, Troy, and Ty vote Sarah. And Sari doesn't receive any votes. So we hypothetically could then have nobody having any votes. Valid. I mean, <laughs> let's go back to the Australian Outback, Tina. All you guys did was vote each other out. That simple. Uh, <laughs> nowadays. It's not like you work, right? <laughs> I mean, how is this possible? How is it possible that she figured that out? Well, yeah. <laughs> you would have to know Linda to understand. It's crazy. You know, related to that. No. It's, it's so crazy. But, like, I, I feel something like this is going to happen, though. Is this not going to happen? You know, Jeff has to be on his game just to figure out the rules and if that's legal and <laughs> <laughs> oh it's it's blind. i should i should mention i mean linda you know linda you you hung out with linda at reality rally you did an interview with linda of course uh back uh was that 2013 i think that was tina i don't know if you remember that i do remember she's very sweet yes hello linda i'm sure you're not listening but um we'll say hello to you anyway <laughs> she stopped listening years so ago. did everyone they were like the oz <laughs> network that's not survivor oz you're talking about third watch what the hell is that let's move on from that um we got some listener questions here and i've got a few uh so we're gonna colin and i will spread these out between us um but, so the first one, actually, this is what I was mentioning before when I brought up the Saree stat. This is actually thanks to Craig Lowe. He sent this through to me. Uh, he said, congratulations are in order to Saree Fields for being the first to make three finales as a player still in the game. Nobody's achieved that season. Do, do you feel, Tina, that, uh, you know, your, your fourth time around, you can, you can, you can join Saree as a, a three-time uh, finale finisher? I hope so. <laughs> 
I would like to think so. <laughs> it's hard, you know. Again, it seems like people of my age tend to be a target early on because we're older and maybe not as physical. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to get through the first little bit, then yes, definitely. Done. Uh, this one's not so much a listener question, but a listener essay, I think. So thank you to Ruth Marie for your submission of your essay this week. Um, Sari using Sarah's boat steel would have been so amazing. Production made a mistake of not letting someone will it to someone else. I love Sari, but she shouldn't have gotten rid of Andrea and got rid of Brad. I'm guessing Brad instead. I feel her days are numbered. She lost two great allies in Andrea and Michaela, and Sarah and Brad will get her out next. I really hope I am wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Ruth. There wasn't even a question in there, was there? Uh, okay. Thanks, Ruth. <laughs> but Rocky would be smart to take Brad. What is it about Brad that people feel threatened by? It's interesting because he, he doesn't have, like, a huge, you know, jury uh, support at this point as far as we know. And... I mean, like you said, his game, I think it's much better this time, but I don't think we're being presented with him as a potential winner. So, yeah, it is strange that he is viewed that much of a threat because this immunity win was a big one for him, but it's not like he's cleaning up every single week with them. Yeah, I don't know why Brad is such a threat. I I don't see it. So maybe the fact that the players keep bringing it up, maybe there's a reason that we're not seeing. Again, you know, I'm always watching thinking what what are we not seeing yeah. and and picking trying to pick up on what is being done or said uh, and kind of taking that into consideration with what they're not showing it's yeah i i, I similar i mean we talk, mentioned sierra she obviously went home last week i kind of felt that was very similar to sierra on worlds apart because i felt she was always being mentioned as a threat to win and uh, i mean we just didn't see that in worlds of and it's not just sierra there's plenty of players in the course of survivor history that have always had that said about them and we just don't necessarily see it um this is this is, i don't know what to think of this question because this is it's not necessarily the question the question is not bad um it's it's more of a comment again it's a survivor essay but it's just how this was sent to me this is sent by granny survivor that's their name that they've sent to me. I'm not making this up. Uh, <laughs> what makes it even better is the fact that the way they've written this is like how a grandma would write it. And I'm going to read this word oh. for word. I am a long-time okay. listener, dear, of your podcast as Survivor Oz and Rob has a podcast are my favourite filling up my days in retirement. Tina is... <laughs> literally says that tina is still one of my favorites i hope tina returns one more time and it is in an all winner season i hope sari wins because i want a sari tina alliance in an all winner season or just for you and sari to play together dear because you two are inspirations <laughs> to us all how, i guess on that how would you go playing with sari oh boy i'm not sure um, i have i went on a uso tour with sari and we weren't real chummy. I mean, we weren't non-chummy, but um, I don't know. There just, there wasn't really that real click, uh, oh, let's be lifetime friends. So um, I don't know what it would be like to play with Suri in the game. Colin. Sorry, that's my turn. Yes. <laughs> I was still reading the question here. <laughs> uh, we got another half essay. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Matt uh, says, so so glad Tina is back on the podcast as she is a fan favorite on Survivor Oz for many fans. I think you mean the Oz Network. Let's get with yeah, the Oz Network. Matt. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Rebranded. Uh, so he's asking who from your original season deserves a second shot that hasn't come back. I think you're limited to about five or six people. And what were your thoughts on Kimmy on Second Chances? And have you caught up with her since her season ended? Oh, great question. Uh, yes, I have caught up with Kimmy. I just did an event with her in Florida. And, oh, great. She is so funny. She's just still Kimmy, you know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I really like Kimmy, and, and I'm glad she got to come back, and she really did a lot better than I thought she would. Um, yeah, who is left who hasn't played? Well, there's half, half of your cast has now officially played. There's, you're the most That's returning play, playing. So there's there's only eight people. Now, uh, what do we got? Elizabeth? She obviously wouldn't because she's a bit famous. Nick. Nick. I mean, let's be honest. We all want to see Nick play again. Uh, Roger. <laughs> Roger. Deb. Well, Kel, um, Mad Dog. I vote for Roger. Roger. Okay. I want Roger. Yeah. Not no Keith. Yeah. You don't uh, want to see Keith out there again. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just say the look on Tina's face right now? Tagged in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) We screenshot that. Can you freeze freeze frame that look (laughs) with the the little caption bubble? No. Oh gosh, I, Roger! I'm just going to say that, Roger, please, Roger. You know, and that's because Roger is just so likable. You know, of, of everybody that you mentioned, he is just such a likable guy. You know, so um, it would just be interesting to see if he could go out there and compete with the new survivor mentality of. You know. Well, I'll be seeing him in a couple of weeks, Tina. So um, I will. I'll be sure to play him this clip to show that how much you think he could, uh, that, how much you admire him. Still, Ben's okay. going to loop in the video of your question <laughs> to Keith when <laughs> Roger comes up. That's what he's going to do. Actually, I'm going to see Keith hey, too. Uh, not really. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Keith, remember Tina? Um, Leslie sent this one in. Uh, Leslie says, "I love Tina on the podcast with her survivor knowledge." You and Ben are such a great podcast pair. Hoping Ben gets to meet you, Tina, one day in person. Clearly, Leslie doesn't like Colin. Uh, who does? Uh, oh, my- thanks, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, question, my question for Tina is how much fun did you have at the charity event last week? And was it a success? And how was it catching up with Jeff and Sandra? And there is a side question here. There's like five questions in here at once. But, hey, you're, you're being interviewed by me. I generally ask five questions at once anyway, so you're used to it. Uh, she adds at the end, how is Jeff doing? All right, we'll leave that to the end bit. We'll get Jeff thoughts in a minute. So, recapping, how did the charity event go last week? How fun was it? And how was it catching up with Jeff and Sandra? Okay. Well, it was a great event. I usually try, anytime anybody new or someone who's played and they're wanting to start a new charity event or do something, I'll try to go to everybody's first one. I can't do everything, but I'll try to go to the first one. So this was the first one. And people don't realize how difficult and how much goes in to setting up one of these events. So, um, you know, I wanted to support Leslie and... It was close to the house. Um, Traveler's Rest is about four hours. So I decided to hop on my motorbike and ride. And I had this little window. 
It was storming everywhere, <laughs> except for this one little window of Traveler's Rest. Nice. And I'm like, I can make it. I can do it. So um, it was a really nice ride. And originally, I was supposed to hook up with Tom, Big Tom, and we were going to ride down together. And his his dad's having a hard time, so he had to bow out. Um, but got there and um, had a great time, raced some money for Give Kids the World. Uh, Leslie was delightful. And, again, it gives us all an opportunity to get together and see each other and catch up. And it had been a long time since I had seen Jeff. So it was it was really a wonderful time. And just on that side note, so how, how is Jeff doing, obviously? Uh, you know, I mean, we can, if you want to give some thoughts to on just that Jeff situation too, feel free to. Uh, but, I mean, how, how's, how's he going at the moment? Okay. Um, Jeff's having a hard time. Um, you can imagine how difficult it would be. It's one thing if you're Johnny Fairplay, who, you know, Johnny Fairplay, he goes into his season he, Johnny has said, you know, I've ever since I was little, I've wanted to be famous. And, you know, he would fake kill off his grandmother <laughs> in order to be famous. And so it doesn't bother him to, you know, bad press is good press for him, you know. So it's different if you're a personality like that versus a personality who, uh, Jeff really is a caring person. And so... The situation that happened, um, you're, you're so disappointed in yourself, you know, that it, it's not just the people that you've hurt, but it's also the grave disappointment in yourself. Um, so Jeff is dealing with that. And um, I'll just say there's a lot more behind the story, and I don't know if it's all going to come out at um, the reunion. But I will just say there's a whole lot more to this story than what you see. Interesting. Interesting. Um, moving on, we briefly mentioned her earlier, but we can't go through uh, having a winner on the podcast without asking about how the other winner did on the season. So Mitch wants to know, what did you think of Sandra's game this season? And also, how do you think you would have done if you were on the season? And lastly, <laughs> love you on Survivor. And always smile that you could have almost won again on Blood vs. Water, proving why you're so great at the game. So I guess the two questions, what did you think of Sandra's game, and uh, how do you think you would have done on this season? Okay, Sandra, first episode, I, I probably tweeted maybe ten times in my whole life. <laughs> and I think I tweeted something on there like, you know, and excuse me for saying this, but I think I, my exact words were, I think. Damn, Sandra, you are a badass. Tina <laughs> Weston just swore. What? <laughs> I did. I did. And that's that's the reaction I have with Sandra. I'm like, that girl is just amazing. I mean, I would have voted Sandra out first thing, you know, because she is that. Um, she she reminds me a little bit of Boston Rob. It's like people go. Take me to your leader, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sandra has this magnetism about her. There is something about Sandra, and I cannot put my finger on it. But even like whenever I was at that event in Traveler's Rest, um, I'm just taken in by her. There is something different about Sandra that um, makes her an extremely 
dangerous player. Um, so that said, I love Sandra. I think she is, she has mad respect for me. You know, anybody who can win this game two times in a row, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, she, she has the title the queen for a reason. So um, there's that about Sandra. And how would I do on this season? I would suck. <laughs> <laughs> Honesty. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like to say about that. <laughs> well, a bit of um, follow-up here from our dear friend Zachary Chong. Hello, Zachary. Glad to see you still tuning in. Um, he says, if Tina was on, so if you were on this season, who would you align with? Oh, wow. Okay. I would align with Sierra. Um, yeah, Sierra. I really like her a lot. As in, as um, in uh, I, Sierra, I, first boot Sierra or blonde Sierra who went home last week? Yeah, blonde, tall. Sierra Don Thomas, yep. <laughs> She's known as like her full name now, Sierra Dawn Thomas. <laughs> oh yeah, Sierra Dawn Thomas. Uh, she is. You you can't tell it on this season, but she is a phenomenal athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, Michaela. She is a great athlete, um, and I might even would align with Michaela because I think that Michaela would make for a loyal person. On the show, because I don't feel like she feels like she is a part of anybody's alliance or people really are coming to her. So if you can go to people who feel alienated, those are perfect people to make alliances with. And they will usually be pretty loyal to you. So um, I would probably be more prone to go with someone like... um, her and maybe you know and it might not even be somebody that you would think that i would normally align with (laughs) um but there's reasons for picking people who may not be the absolute strongest best player Mm -hmm. but again you know just because that's what i'm used to i'm i'm looking for loyalty and i'm looking for you know someone who doesn't play necessarily like sandra which is you know, as long as it ain't me, I don't care. <laughs> you know, which is, you know, that's how you win the game now. And so, um, if I go back, I think that, you know, I may have to toughen up a little bit and change up the way I look at things. But I'm always going to be looking for someone who would be more loyal to me. It's interesting to kind of think. It's it's weird, I guess. It's just it shows how quickly time passes to think that it's actually been now seven seasons since you've played. Like, and it really doesn't feel like it's been that long since you've played, obviously, on Blood vs. Water, but that's how quickly it's, it's gone. I mean, it was seven seasons between... No, it was only six seasons, wasn't it, between uh, your, your second time and your and your first time. Uh, Zachary Chong just also adds here, uh, also, Tina, to me, is the greatest player ever. I love Tina, and happy to hear her on the podcast again. <laughs> well, thank you, but he must not have tuned into very many seasons if he <laughs> thinks I'm the best player ever. <laughs> But I think almost you. everybody's almost everybody's had the same comment because again we have Jace Eaton here, uh, <laughs> who starts out by saying, "Does Tina feel as though she is a game changer? First female winner, oldest female Redemption Island returnee, first person to be a winner, first boot and final juror, ending it out with love her." <laughs> so Jace Eaton wants to know if you're a game changer. <laughs> and after you answer this, I'm I'm curious to see what, if Ben and I have a, an argument to make for you being a game changer. Wow. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't think I'm a game changer, 
I think I'm a game player, but I don't think I'm a game changer. I think that um, I'm still, um, wow, I, I've still got my foot on that other side. And I can't remember, I read something that somebody had written that, like Survivor Australia, it seemed to be uh, mostly about deserving, who deserves to win, and who deserves to stay in the game. And and that goes along a little bit with the old school survivor mentality. And I don't think there's anything about the current game of survivor that has anything to do with deserve. You know, you don't deserve to be here at this tribal council. I mean, it's just, you know, we're going to vote you out for any number of reasons. It's not because you deserve to still be in the game. So, um, I think that's partly why um, I may be not so great as, <laughs> at um, the type of game that's being played now on the show. However, I will also say I will go to my grave saying you can still play this game and keep your, um, keep your soul, so to speak, and play with integrity and win the game. You know, people say you can't, but I am going to say you can. So, there you go. My, my argument, just to chime in there before, sorry, Colin, is in terms of, like, again, we, we legitimately have tried to find, I feel, with most of our guests this season, reasons why we could make arguments for why our guests are game changers. And I'm going to be honest, I think we've come up with some pretty darn good ones. <laughs> but, like, this, my, my, <laughs> mine's thinking sort of outside of what was just mentioned there. Um, the way I look at it, you set a standard in this game for remaining loyal to one person basically from the beginning to the end and having them trust you to the extent that they are willing to go to the end purely on friendship and trust, uh, you know, even by sacrificing the fact, you know, because it's you know, often regarded that Colby made that mistake in not taking Keith and you. So, like, you guys had such a bond and such a, a connection and a, an alliance and a friendship and all of that that he, you know, essentially risked all that to take you to the end. And I, and I find, like, yeah, Richard obviously, you know, quote, created the alliance, but was Richard ever fully loyal to any single one person in that alliance? Perhaps Rudy, maybe, but even then he could see that, you know, Rudy at the end, he would lose against Rudy. So I, I find that if I had to pick one that maybe hasn't sort of been mentioned, that would be my idea as to how you change this game. Oh, Wow. Okay, but there is a little crack in your theory in that <laughs> Always is. Kobe, our alliance was not from day one. What, what, what was it like day three? Like, give me a bit of a, a heads up here. <laughs> Are we single digits? <laughs> it was actually the night that uh, we voted Mitchell off. So I don't know. Look, I'm going to find that. I'm going to find that not- number. Colin can chime in here, but I will find that number. That was on day 12. All right, nearly single digits. <laughs> okay. The majority of the game. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and and I think the reason why we became friends such we bonded that day was because um I was trying to cover my butt <laughs> and knew that I was going to be because we were supposed to vote Keith off that night and I knew I was next. And so in order to save my butt, uh, I pitched the spiel to Mitchell because he's the one who asked me to be in the alliance 
early on about keeping Keith because he was a strong male player. And I said, if we can't advance as a tribe, we will not be able to advance as individuals. And Mitchell said, I made the alliance. I'm sticking to it. At which point, and we're walking to tribal council, we're feet from tribal council, and I go to Colby. And I tell him the same thing. And he said, Tina, you're exactly right. What do you want to do? I said, well, let's keep Keith and vote out Mitchell. <laughs> so um, I think that night whenever he and I switched up the alliance and changed things around, I think I gained Kobe's respect. And in the challenges, I was he and I were always right there neck and neck in the challenges. And so he's a competitor. And then I think that um, there was something about the... Um, comfort of feeling like I'm safe with this person he knew that I would not vote for him and I somehow knew he would not vote for me so um, again that is where the benefit of loyalty in the game comes into play even though nowadays loyalty is kind of like a bad word in the in the game of survivor but in my way of looking at things if you can find somebody or even two people heaven forbid that will be loyal that bond i mean that's a numbers it's a numbers game right so why not really uh, find those people that will be loyal and and stick with it i mean i don't know i think people could do so much better in the game if they would just be loyal <laughs> Um, I don't know if Colin, you had anything to add in terms of that at all with the game changing. Uh, well, I was I was going to partly bring up changing the game just in the Mitchell vote because I don't think that uh, people had gone against popular opinion prior to that. But even on top of that, uh, I could make the the pitch game changer just in terms of the first majority you know tribe alliance that has the majority in emerge that decides you know it's worth it to vote out one of their own with the jerry vote and then the amber vote and you know even with toggy uh they didn't do that they they got rid of all of the pagongs first but you saw the opportunity it's like well we can keep roger and we can keep elizabeth you know we don't necessarily need this number of jerry and amber going further good call um yeah I'm not sure that makes you a game changer. I just think it means... In season two, it does. It makes you more of a game changer than Haley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, poor Haley. Hello, Haley. You know, she's a Knoxville girl. Well, she actually, well, she's, isn't she? Yeah, she, that's right. So, um, you know, just girls from Knoxville, they're just, they're game changers. (laughs) (laughs) Or not. No. <laughs> One thing, actually, I want to add, uh, just a couple more of these to go. Um, you mentioned Colby. I always have to ask these questions just because, you know, you know I love your season, Tina, and it always just makes me happy whenever, you know, I, I talk to you or, you know, anybody and I want to find these relationships. I know you've talked about him before, but he, do you still talk to Colby? That's what I'm trying to get to. Is he still somebody you exchange messages with? I do, actually, and he just got married. Oh, wow. Congratulations, so, Colby. Yes. I know, I'm so excited. You just got married and, too, uh, Tina. Are you trying to say, you, uh, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Let, let's Wait stop, let's stop right here. I've got to, uh, <laughs> you and Colby got married, this, didn't you? <laughs> this information was strategically <laughs> dropped. So Colby broke his leg on his bike. Uh, he lives in St. Louis. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Oh, you found me out. <laughs> you just broke the news, everybody. There you go. Steve Helling at People. You've just got breaking news. Tina Wesson and Colby Donaldson. So we're, we're now speaking to <laughs> Tina Donaldson. <laughs> He's turning over in his grip. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Crazy. Uh, no, he is He is doing great. He's very happy. Um, has a beautiful stepdaughter kind of an instant family and just i don't know love him love him love him see, so see colin you know he just, remains i was going to quickly say sorry tina i'm interrupting you i'm very rude but uh, notice how tina at all did not deny the fact that she married colby <laughs> <laughs> oh geez you're so bad still not denying There's... it too all right uh let's move on to the next question <laughs> We knew it. We knew it watching that show that there was something wrong. We knew it. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Did you say he had a beautiful stepdaughter? Is this like Katie we're talking about here? <laughs> oh, you guys. I can't get anything past you. <laughs> the motorbike makes sense now. It's just, it's really... Hard-hitting journalism on the Oz Network. <laughs> Uh, now a few more here we've got. These a lot of these are just kind of already been answered. Is already just passing rivers. Although one here from our um, ex Oslet Julian Gronenberg. We love Julian, but I don't know if this is a compliment or he's slightly being mean. I didn't want to read this out, but I'm going to because I, I want Tina. You to lose it. I, I like it when Tina gets angry. Um, he says, "Love this golden oldie." <laughs> what, <laughs> Julian? <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll honor that. I mean, let's call it the. Is you know I'm fifty six and a half, so the, like I said, Granny's not getting any younger, so they better have this all winter season soon. <laughs> yeah, Julian, that's why you're not a, you're not on this show anymore. That's just mean. Uh, <laughs> uh, so other, so other comments yeah. here. So Isaac Brower, uh, his question's already been answered. He says, is there anybody from the Australian outback you would like to see play again, or is nine too many people for CBS to handle? We've already answered that. Thanks, Isaac. Uh, Lad Undercover twenty two, my dear bestie on Twitter, who I find new ways to rip shit into every single week. Uh, he says, great choice. I, I mean, I didn't choose... Well, I did choose Tina, but Tina had to agree to come on the show. It's not like I just go, Tina, come on the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, she, she, he says, uh, can Culpepper actually win this game? We've already answered that one. And then asks, uh, the whole take on the Varnazik tribal. We've touched on that. Lad Undercover 22, again, shit questions. Listen to this before you send them in. I know you can't because you haven't listened to this yet while we're recording it. <laughs> but seriously, man, come up with a better question for the finale, all right? Come on. Uh, Tina, Tina, <laughs> we love him. Uh, Tina Wesson fans, I'm sure you're very familiar with the Tina Wesson fans Twitter handle on uh, Twitter. Uh, they simply say, you are such an inspiration for us, a player, a mother, a role model, and how to be kind. We will always support you. Aww. Ah, that makes me feel good. Thank you, Tina Wesson fans. Do you know who that is? No. I, mean, I would like to. I don't think anybody knows. Really? I mean, I, I feel like I... I owe them something, you know. I, I mean? think, I think it's Julian Gronenberg. <laughs> That's just my personal opinion. You know, actually, no. I think it's Colby Donaldson. I think it's your husband. I think you just need to like give yeah. him a kiss tonight and say thanks, honey. <laughs> You're right, dear. <laughs> uh, the final one here. This is, I mean, a similar question. Riley Johnson uh, uh, adds, sort of. A bit similar to what we've already gone on in terms of uh, who would you like to see back from your uh, from the Australian Outback. He sort of says, from all the seasons you have played in, who do you think should have been brought back for game change? So I guess ignoring the Australian Outback, 
Is there anyone from All Stars? I mean, remember you were on that season, Tina, or <laughs> Blood vs Water that you would uh, like to see play on Game Changers? Oh gosh, <laughs> you know, I'm sure, I'm sure there are others that I would consider Game Changers more so than like Haley or. <laughs> we uh, yeah, um, <laughs> there's been a couple on there that I, you know I, I've I've wondered why they put them on as Game Changers. Um, so yeah, but I, I don't know. I can't think of who right now. Well, but I just want to yes. So you go, Colin. I was saying Katie. Oh, Katie. All oh, right. I didn't hear that. <laughs> Not even your own daughter you want to see play that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She's kind of like me. I'm not sure she's a game changer either. Col- Colby Colby has really changed her. Um, now, I just wanted to quickly add here before we get into these closing bits, uh, and I've only just realized this, and look, I know you like to forget All-Stars, Tina. A lot of Survivor fans like to forget All-Stars. Still my favorite season of all time. And I've actually just realized that uh, we had Ethan on last week. So in two consecutive weeks, I've had two Saboga members on here. So uh, All-Stars represent. <laughs> Woo-woo! I love Ethan too, by the way. I two-time Colby with Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just got married. This sounds like you guys have to have a swingers party going on. <laughs> Wait a second. It's hard for me to decide. Ethan, Colby, Ethan. The list um, is going. Are you Mormon, <laughs> Tina? Uh. Um, why is All Star your favorite, Ben? I'm just curious. <laughs> Haven't we all asked him that? You're not before? the only. Well, yeah, you're not the only one to question me on my choices. Uh, look, I like die another day. I don't have good judgment. Um, I look. look oh. It's. I just. I remember when All Stars was on. I remember the hype. I remember the excitement. I just remember that build up and being so into it. And I just really enjoy. I, I think All Stars to me is a season that really changed Survivor into what we've got now. I mean, I know a lot of people think it's a very negative season with you know obviously all the the fights and everything along those lines. But I just feel the way sort of Boston Rob, the way he did that, I don't think we would get Survivor played how we would now if it wasn't for All-Stars. And not necessarily for good reasons. There's obviously negative reasons around that. But to me, still, just the the hype, just the players, just everything around that season to me, I love so much. And it's it's a weird thing because I can see why it gets hate. I Trust me, I can see the negative parts about it. But I don't know. I just feel like... That and the Australian Outback are the two seasons I've watched the most in my life. I know them the best, and I don't think I've had that emotional connection to any seasons more so than I had for your original season and uh, and All Stars. So yeah, I just I love All Stars. I just I just find so much fun and greatness in that season, and I'm an idiot clearly. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's because they were early seasons yeah. and, you know, now we're we're kind of desensitized to all the things that can happen on the show? Yeah. I, Whereas yeah. in the beginning, it, it was so new. Yeah, and I, and I definitely think that. And it's also a case of that, look, you know, 34 seasons in, I, you know, know the players. Like, you know, whereas, like, you go eight seasons in, you felt... And I, I know this was obviously the case for you guys, too, in those earlier seasons when it came to events and things like that, because, what, there was only around 100 of you back then, so you were a lot closer. It was a... You know, Survivor was still a very big thing at that point. So there was just a different feel, I think, too, in terms to all of you guys playing on a season like that. Like, sure, Heroes vs. Villains is great getting an all-returning player season again, but you'd had 19 seasons before that, so there was a much wider pool. You didn't, I feel, connected to that amount of people, whereas, because you only have seven seasons to choose from going into season eight, 
you almost feel like you know all of you guys so well because of how it was edited differently and the, the big deal Survivor was still in 2004. So I don't know. There's just all that emotional levelness of it. And I can, as I said, I'm sure you felt that way a lot back then in terms of when all you guys got together for charity events when there's so little of you compared to now where there's so many of you. I, I, I could tell it would no doubt be a different vibe. That's true. That Very good point. And, and, and I like what you said too. Um, and I wish that production sometimes would listen to things that the fans say um, and and kind of make uh, make way for adjustments, I guess, yeah. so to speak. And, and I know it's so hard for them because they've got so many other reality shows that they're up against and they have to follow a certain formula or whatever. But I think that they are missing out on... Um, you know, having, I've heard this so much too. They don't get any real people anymore. They get all these characters who are really non-believable. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that just like Tony this season, you know, I felt like Tony was just such a character that that was a, you know, he was just playing for the television. And um, I don't know. I, I think that if you can get real people, you know, um, Mel Carrier, uh, you know, people, Big Tom. I mean, such great, to me, television because they're normal. They're not whack jobs, you know? Yeah, and they're not models or actors, which is what the majority of them are now. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, Colin, I didn't ask you, who are your favorites and what's your favorite season? Uh for me, it's Africa by far. Um, maybe it is, again, just the early season because you're seeing a lot of the game develop. And uh, I think in comparison to Australia, where there's still like people taking these person, like everybody came to Africa to play really hard. Now, I was a huge fan of Lex, Ethan, Tom. I mean, huge characters. Kelly, T-Bird. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with her Who? or not. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, even as, as far as players go, uh, you know, I, I'm, <laughs> I guess, I don't know if I should be ashamed or not, but huge fan of Chris Dougherty from uh, Vanuatu. And uh, believe it or not, Sugar from Gabon is one of my all-time favorite players. I just thought she was a hilarious character. <laughs> she was, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Sugar. And what are your favorite yeah. seasons? We didn't even get that. Oh, well, um, I really liked uh, Blue Collar, White Collar, No Collar. Mm-hmm. I thought that a great concept, you know, I, I kind of like the social aspects of the different types of season, like beauty, bronze and brain. So I kind of like the theme seasons um, and some of my favorite players. I love Yule. I just, you know, he was a, another one of those players who never had a vote cast against him. I think that's right. Um, but mm-hmm. just, uh, I loved his character, his person. I love Ethan. Um, you know, I just remember thinking about Ethan whenever he, he won his season and he started this grassroots soccer. Whenever I was on my season, I thought to myself going into it, okay, if I can't win, I want to uh, vote for someone who I think would do good with the money. And so then when Ethan won and he started grassroots soccer, it's like he was elevated to... Um, a really high place in my world. You know, I thought, here's a young guy. Again, you know, this guy's not a 40, 50-year-old guy. This is a young kid, in my opinion. 
and he's spending his money starting this incredible charity. And so, I don't know. I, I really respect people who, um, you know, they're in it for more than just the showbiz aspect of it all. Mm-hmm. And he's still going strong. Yeah, it was Rafa great having him on. Yeah. And he was on the show last week. Yeah. If we didn't mention that. He's... Download by the <laughs> yeah. Did he do well? Of course he did. It's Ethan. When does he not? <laughs> I mean, he's, 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 you know, half married to you with Colby. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's doing very well. Uh, so we'll go into, I guess, our final rankings, ratings here just before we go. Uh, so we explained this earlier. It's basically three categories. You might as well just say, you know, like it, hate it, or somewhere in the middle. But uh, we'll basically call it buy it. So you love it enough, you would pay money to watch this episode, uh, rent it. Uh, it's like, you know, okay, just for a quick viewing here and there, but you wouldn't go out of your way for it. Or bin it, it's just garbage. Uh, <laughs> Tina, you're the guest. You get to go first. Okay. For, overall, for the whole season? Just this episode. Oh, just this episode. Oh, well, buy it. Okay. Okay. Ben? Um, I'm going to rent it. Um, I... Yeah didn't really dislike it but i didn't like like it, it had its positives but it also was very confusing at the end i mean that was very entertaining at the end but it was still i, I don't know it felt rushed in bits too i think uh, going back to what we're saying i think we could have probably had a, a double episode on this one rather than how it was so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in the middle there we're gonna cover all bases here because i'm gonna bin it oh wow um, <laughs> <laughs> but i do want to say with that uh, halfway through this episode, I'm just like, I don't know why we just wasted, you know, 15 minutes for a vote out. If I was basing this all on the final tribal council, it would be buy it in an instant. But if I'm looking at the episode as a whole, I'll probably say Bennett. But I did love that final tribal council. Wow. Okay, I would, I would agree with that. Uh, I, if it wasn't for the tribal council, I'm not sure I would say buy it either. That's that's yeah. I think our first. I mean, we we don't often have three people ranking any episodes or movies or that, but uh, <laughs> I do believe that's our first collection of traffic lights because on my rating system I've got green, yellow, and red. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Wow! But don't you? And and you, it brings up the point that you were saying about when you rush a season or an episode and you don't really get any meat, then it does kind of lose. I think it's popularity with the fans. So um, I think that, like what you were saying, you know, make it a two-hour episode and, and make it really, really fan-worthy. And I think we will, and next week I feel it's going to be, yeah, I think any season we've had this sort of six going to the final episode, it always feels rushed. And, and I think that my criticism with how they do it now too, of course, is, yeah, it's fun to see Jeff sort of come in and interact with the crowd every now and then. Sure, as long as he's not getting random little girls to cook rice or whatever the fuck that was that one season. But, um, you know, it's it's like, at least on your Australian Outback, some people, you know, criticise it for being the opposite. Like, it's boring. There's only three of you. So, like, I mean, I love it. I just, I love that whole interaction we had between yourself, Colby and Keith in that final episode. So I think there's a balance that you have. And, I mean, look, I would, I would definitely say if you kind of want to see how you can go too much with that sort of meat thing that you sort of mentioned. Um, watch episode three of Survivor New Zealand uh, because there's just, there's just, oh, that's a really weird way to say it, but like legitimately there was just too much that they're showing that was, you could have cut, you know, 25 minutes off that episode and it still wouldn't have improved it. It was just the repetitiveness of what they were showing and just, it's hard to explain without seeing it, but um 
Yeah, hello okay. to all our New Zealand listeners. I mean, it's a good season. I'm not saying I hate Survivor New Zealand. It's it's going good, um, but uh, it's 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 two episodes in, and you just criticised one of the three episodes. Well, I, I binned, I binned the third episode. We're four episodes in. I've rented all of them and binned the third. So anyway, that's listen to Survivor New Zealand now available on the Oz Network. But Tina, this is um this is always a pleasure. We're so glad that you could be here on the show with us today. Uh, look, we always love having you on here. We will get you on again, of course. And your husband Colby, we've never interviewed him before, so. Uh, we would love to speak to Colby. Um, but in all seriousness, it's been a pleasure. I, as you and I talked about off air, hopefully in a couple of weeks when I'm in the States, we might bump into each other and uh, be able to hang out in person finally. But uh, I really appreciate your time here on the Oz Network today. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me on. And thanks to all your listeners and for being nice to me and not being too mean. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Oh, don't worry. That's, if it was just Colin, he would be mean. Like, he has to have me on here to balance it out. I'm the suck-up, you know. That's the Canadian in me. Yeah, yes. he's the, the hidden Canadian in him that you think he's nice, but he's actually really a bit of a bastard, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for taming him for me, because- Always, always. And Colin, thank you. It's I, I always do enjoy doing uh, the Survive Ones with you. And again, it feels weird me having to thank you and introduce you because I'm so used to us just being our own people now and doing this ourselves. But uh, Colin, thank <laughs> us you. Us being our own people. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to before when we were one entity and yeah. now we have separated. <laughs> yes. We are, we, are, we are officially Korea and North Korea. I don't know where that was going. Yeah, sorry. Thank yourself, Colin. Uh- <laughs> the, the pleasure is mine that I've checked off an item on my bucket list and I have recorded an episode with the great Tina Wesson or Donaldson or Don or whatever it is. <laughs> we, uh, we, we thank everybody for listening. I'll just say to wrap this up that uh, obviously next week I will be in Los Angeles for the finale. So our, our plan at this stage is we're, we're hoping obviously to bring some content from that finale, uh, who I speak to, videos, audios, and we're going to kind of incorporate it into an episode. And I guess loosely, I think Colin and I are going to sort of, I think we're going to get together for an episode. And I think because I'm staying with Purple Kelly, we'll probably bring her in and We'll work it out sometime during the week, I think, won't we, Colin? Uh- <laughs> if we don't, Tina, I hope you're available this time next week because you're back. <laughs> okay. Just be on standby. Okay, do, my be on standby. Uh, <laughs> stay tuned to our website. We'll update you. But uh, as always, if you uh, enjoy listening to us, the both of you that said you did once in your sleep, uh, theoznetwork.net, find us on iTunes, subscribe, rate us, all the jazz, you know that. We are now on Spotify as well. It's great. You can stream us and not keep us probably the best way to listen to us and uh also like us on facebook and follow us on twitter because tina follows us i'm sure because she tweets all the time so uh <laughs> there's that keith face again you know team you know western fans do <laughs> well t- yeah exactly you know your husband does um but we will be back next week with our final survivor game changes episode of the season at least recapping it we might come back and do a full recap at one point and uh, my name has been Ben. Thank you for tuning into Oz Network, and we will speak to you shortly. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.